0: In the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Amini Suwedi, and you're listening to the Murid Talks podcast. Welcome back again to another episode of the podcast. And in today's episode, we'd be attempting to answer the question, When did God begin to create? Well, this question has taken many forms, such as, what was God doing before he created the universe or the cosmos? What was the condition of God before creation? What was it like for God to be without creation? And I believe this question is a result of a certain lack of metaphysical understanding. How so, you might ask. We have discussed in this podcast many a times about God's necessary being, God's unconditional being, God's non-delimited, non-dual, infinite nature. For the sake of this discussion, I'd love to repeat what we have been exploring, basically throughout the podcast, (laughs) because this is all about God. In the two previous episodes, we looked at the exploration, the internal Contemplative exploration, beginning from our being and the being of all that surrounds us, and how that can help us intuit and realize the necessary being. We have also explored in these two episodes that being is necessary. It is, and it cannot not be. For it to be otherwise will be a logical contradiction. That which is, cannot be that which is not. And from this, we realize that the grounding of being, the grounding of reality, that from which, that by which all things manifest, is not only necessary, but also unconditioned. Because when we try to ask the question, what is it, we fail to come to a particular answer, it is, but what it is, we cannot say, we could simply say it is that it is, it is what it is, it is therefore it is, it is because it is, and this seems to be tautological, going round and round and round, because again, it's unconditioned, non-delimited, non-dual, now, if that is the case, whence creation, Where does the creation come into the picture here? I believe to answer this question, we really have to remove certain misconceptions. One misconception that a lot of people have is in assuming that God is a being. I'm going to repeat this. Most people assume that God is a being, with a small b. Well, one might ask the difference. What is the difference between being with a capital B and a being with a small b? I would say this would be akin to saying that God is an existent endowed with existence. Now, that is not the case. If we go back to our metaphysical explorations, we realize that God is the necessary existence. God is the very grounding of all reality. God is not endowed with that reality. God is the one that endows that reality. So, once we remove that notion that God is a being an existent amongst indefinite numbers of beings and existence, we have begun to solve this question, this problem. Now, once we come to this realization, we also realize that there is no duality of being as such, with a capital B, and the existence or the beings with a small b that are within it. There is no duality here. It's not that there's two separate realities, one that endows being and one that is endowed with being. That is not the case. This understanding has been a result of years of certain theological teachings and one such doctrine or argument for the existence of God is the Kalam cosmological argument, especially between theists and atheists. And it basically posits that that which has a beginning must have a cause. So the universe, the cosmos, has a beginning. And so that necessitates that it has a cause, and that cause is God. And that cause does not have a beginning, so it does not need a cause, and so it is everlasting, it is eternal. So the argument goes. But this argument is quite problematic because of its premise that which has a beginning must have a cause. And this assumed beginning. For most theists, is a temporal beginning. That the universe began to exist sometime in the past. But I'll attempt to show you why this understanding is erroneous. What is time? Well, from our experience, we could say time is the succession of moments of instants, and that succession of moments, of instants, gives us the experience that there are moments that have passed, there is the moment that we are in now, and there are moments that will come. So past, present, future. Now this experience also makes us assume that if we go back, 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 back in time, we will arrive at a certain point zero. But I'll also try to show that this is another erroneous understanding. First of all, time is a condition of this material universe that cannot be detached from this universe. It is a condition that actually, without which, we cannot have the material universe. So there's three conditions Come together to give us this experience of the material universe. There is space, time and matter. Matter is that by which all material bodies, all material forms, are made of. But OK, we have the material forms, we have the material bodies. Where are they? You have space. So space is the measure of the extension of these material bodies. It is where these bodies are situated. Now, with space, you also have time. These two conditions are quite correlative, complementary. And so, within space, you have the simultaneity of the material forms, of the material bodies. But to be able to experience the change of these bodies, because that's also a potential within these bodies, you have time. So, time measures the succession of the changes of these bodies. And so, time is a measure of motion, change and motion here being interchangeable. And so, again, space, simultaneity, time, succession. Without space, you wouldn't have the continuity of these material bodies. Without time, you wouldn't be able to experience the change or the motion. Now, without all these three conditions being together, you cannot have what we call the material universe. So, we cannot say that there was a time when this material universe wasn't here. (laughs) I'm going to repeat this. We cannot say that there was a time when this material universe wasn't here. Because to assume so would be to assume that there was a time before time. And the question is if there was a time before time, what was that time measuring? What change was it measuring? And if we assume that there was another universe in which the time was being measured, okay, then that means that also had a beginning in time and then there was another universe and another and another and another ad indefinitum. One could argue for the indefinite regress of universes but that doesn't really solve our problem of creation because if there's an indefinite regress, What about our concept of creation? Well, number one, I don't find that there's any problem with that indefinite regress and creation. Because for me, creation is not an act in time. God did not begin to create the universe. God creates the universe now. This is an eternal act. God endows all things with his being now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, because all of these are illusions created by the condition of time in this material, spatial, temporal universe. So what we assume is the past and what we assume to be the future are merely simultaneous moments that exist in eternity, but our condition of temporality makes us assume that we are going from one moment to the next. So our consciousness, this limited human consciousness, is bound by the temporal condition, without which it wouldn't be part of this material universe. And so, once we take out the temporal condition, we do have to take out the spatial condition and the material condition. So, without time we wouldn't have space, we wouldn't have matter. Going back to the idea of the beginning. This has created a great conundrum, because if we read the Divine Scriptures, we get some sort of a beginning. For example, in the Old Testament, or the Tanakh, the Torah, we have Bereshit, which is the Hebrew for Genesis, the first verse, Bereshit, Ber Elohim in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We also have, in John 1.1, an arche. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was divine. Does this not denote a beginning? The heavens and the earth began at a certain moment in time. But this is the result of a certain erroneous understanding of the concept of beginning within the traditional doctrines. For the traditional doctrines, whether it be Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, Judaism, the beginning is not a temporal issue, but an ontological one. Bereshit, for example, in the beginning, isn't a beginning in time, but rather a principial beginning, so the better translation would have been in principle, God created the heavens and the earth, and the whole sequence of the creation of the various realities in Belshit is not a temporal, but rather the various states within the eternal creation of God, or eternally realized, eternally actualized in the divine reality. Same thing with NRK. This is in principle. So the Latin, for example, the Latin translation of that will be in principio in principle. The same idea within the Quran. When we read chapter 30, verse 30, we have Faakim Wajhakalidini Hanifa. Direct your face towards the upright religion, the upright path. Fitaratullaheti nasa alayha, the disposition of the divine, the divine disposition by which all men were created. And of course, by extension, all things were created by the divine disposition, by the divine fitra, the divine nature. La tabedila There is no change in the creation of God. This is the upright. Path, the upright religion. But most people do not know. So number one, all things are created by the divine nature, by the divine disposition, by truth. The Quran also says, "We created the heavens and earth in truth, by truth, with truth, through truth." So. There is no change in the creation of God. So creation as such, this concept of creation, is an eternally mutable action. It is the divine command, kun faya kun, be and it is. There is no moment where God began to say, be and it is. God has always, is always, saying, uttering, commanding, be and it is. And there will be no moment when God stops to utter. Be and it is. And again, if we exalt God of being a being, there is no problem here because there is no duality here. It is not that when God utters the command be and it is, there is something separate from God that comes out. No! Creation is not separate from God. Creation is merely the act of God. It is God being God, being God, being God, being God. Creation is merely the realization of the divine command kun fire kun. And so, to say what was God like before creation is to assume that God has changed. Is to assume that God was not God, and that would be a contradiction. God is God, is God, is God, is God. <laughs> God has always created, and so the act of creation is eternal. Never began, will never stop. God will never stop being God. And again, of course, the theologians will say, or you're saying creation has always been with God? No, creation is not with God. Nothing is with God. And so this hadith of the Prophet Muhammad. God was and nothing was with him. And the Sufis add a statement in this hadith by saying he is now as he ever was. God is alone, he has always been alone, will always be alone. Nothing is with being, because being is all there is. So there can't be any other thing, because being integrates all things. And so nothing is with it, it is alone. And so to realize an eternal universe, an eternal cosmos, isn't problematic because that universe is not with God, it is merely a manifestation of God. The realization of God's name, al the manifest. When we stop seeing creation as this separate reality, as this thing which is real univocally with God, we solve the problem. Creation can never be with God because it is merely a set of conditions that are applied upon being, which is unconditioned, non delimited, and these. Conditions, one might ask where do they come from, are potentials within being itself. So being has the potential to delimit, to condition itself into the various realities as contained in the depository of its own knowledge. So by virtue of being, being, being knows itself, realizes itself, actualizes itself eternally. And by virtue of that, we have creation to conclude we have to begin with exalting god from being a being from being an existent god is the necessary existence god is the necessary being god is the necessary reality the grounding by which all things be the grounding of all reality god is not a thing god is that by which all things come to exist, and by that we have God being God, the necessary being being, and by it being itself, all potential in it is actualized now, but because our consciousness is bound by the temporal condition, or I would say the spatial, material, temporal condition, we assume that all things happen in succession, but that's not the case. All things are found, witnessed, realized in the eternal now. But our temporal conditions makes us see things in motion. and This motion entails a change and the change entails temporality, of course. (laughs) So that condition is just being itself as well. Might seem very secular, but that is the case. It's being itself. And everything is being itself in being. Again, because it's all founded in it. So I hope I was able to help with this question and shed a little bit of light on certain erroneous arguments concerning the divine reality and the nature of creation. Until next time, I bid you farewell and a lovely day. Asalaamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.